On this episode of Digital Science Digest, we bring together a group of industry experts and look at the bankruptcy of Expo Nation and the end of the Digital Signage Expo. All that and more next on Digital Signage Digest. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Digital Signage Digest, episode 21, The Death of DSE. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Atlas IED, innovative audio solutions for every business environment. This is Digital Signage Digest, the monthly look at the digital signage industry. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host this month with us to discuss a couple, actually one main overarching story we'll get to in a second, uh, are my fantastic guests, first and foremost, uh, from Access Networks, Alicia Henley. Welcome, ma'am. What's happening, everybody? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, from Daily Do or Daily Doe, uh, it's entirely how, however you want to pronounce it, uh, Mr. Cotterell, uh, Adrian Cotterell. Welcome, sir. Thank you, Tim, for having me. It's Daily Do. Daily do okay. Well, I've spent too many years watching The Simpsons. Yeah, I so know. You understand. It's got two O's. Daily do, but again, thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Uh, from OpenEye Global, Mr. Brian Mazaros, welcome, sir. Oh, it's a pleasure. Welcome. Hello. And you should listen to his podcast. Actually, him and, and Alicia both have podcasts you should listen to. Uh, and last but not least, from Service and Support, Tom Milner, welcome, sir. Thank you, Tim. Always a pleasure, mate, and always great to hear that you left the uh, best till last. <laughs> <laughs> and so it begins. Uh, this is this is what happens when you have two Brits on. Um, so uh, first, we're going to use a story from AV Magazine. You could type in DSC show goes bankrupt, but you could. This is the one we're going to use from our friends over at AV Magazine. Quote unquote: U.S. based Digital Signage Expo has been canceled, with show organizer Expo Nation filing for Chapter Seven bankruptcy. It was due to take place uh, in the 11th to the 13th of November. It's been rescheduled twice, actually. The show started in 2004. Again, uh, it was re- it was um, ran by and owned by Expo Nation, a for-profit um, corporation or, or company, rather. And, and I want to point that out as as we have this conversation. Expo Nation has gone bankrupt. They they're Chapter Seven. Uh, they're based in Atlanta. If you're curious, you can go and see the bankruptcy filings already, the assets that they're, that they're uh, listing and they're leveraging. This is a show that grew uh, actually quite rapidly in the first 10 years. And um, in those first 10 years, DSE and Explanation, um, they started a, a federation, a nonprofit, uh, the Digital Science Federation, to kind of handle the, the, the industry side of, of you know, the folks that you both both exhibitors as well as attendees and you know professionals that were concerned about and and had issues and and uh interest in the digital signage industry now you know uh we're looking at you know the disillusion of that the the cancellation of that show um adrian i'm going to start with you a uh, simple question um for all four of you what happened okay well that's a good question um I was going to, can I just pick you up on something very quickly? Certainly. You say it grew in popularity. So you, you say it grew over the it years. It did from 2004. For no. The first 10 years. No, 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 no. no. Okay. It, it grew in popularity. It was a great show. It was one of the most loved shows globally. Absolutely loved by industry aficionados. It did lots of good things. 
you know, it, it brought people like Alicia into our industry and, mm -hmm. and she's been, you know, one of their advisors and, and they paid, well, she did the podcast for them, which was great. So we, we, we got to meet loads of lovely new people. Um, it grew in popularity. It never grew in numbers. And I'm only saying this because this is what happened. You could blame COVID, but COVID really had nothing to do with it. The trouble is, is the show started in 2004 with three, 4,000 attendees. It never grew past that number. The highest number they ever got going through the door was 5,000 people. That was the issue. Last year was pretty disastrous in terms of 2019 was maybe 4,000 people. Um, even without COVID, if they put a show on this year, it would have been a couple of thousand people. And those people who've been attending are the diehards, so the people we know. We, you can, you know, Brian and Alicia and Tom and probably yourself, you could name the people we're going to meet there. It's the NEC Display Solutions. It's the Peerless AVs. It's the, you know, the Scalas and the Samsungs. And we know all these people. We love them. They are the mainstays. The trouble with any digital signage show is the fact that um, people really, if you're an end user and you're looking for a digital signage system, you may visit a show once or twice. If you're, if you're a US education system or a house of worship and you want to learn about digital signage, you, you Google digital signage, the show comes up, you visit it. You find out all you need to know about your RFP and who you could choose and you do it. There's no reason to come back. So what happened was the, the limited number of end users that a show like DSC had, they churned every year. They were never repeated. The only people who, who came back every year are the people like us on this particular show. Sorry. Not the best start for you, perhaps, but... No, no, know, but are you saying like, that's what happened? Are you saying that the fact that the, the show never grew numbers-wise and they oh, weren't sure. able to... Okay. For sure. Well, look at the success of ISE. You know, Mike Blackman started ISE similar time, 15 years ago, with 4,000 people in Zurich. You know, when it topped off the year before last, 83,000 people. That's growing a show. Okay, Allegedly. Not signage, of course, but... Oh, that's allegedly. Well, no, but obviously, but it's still, he started off with 4,000 AV people in Switzerland and then 3,000 people in Amsterdam. Yeah. Great. That's how you grow a show. I think Tom wanted to say something. I apologize. Well, Tom no. said allegedly on the number for, for ISD. We can, we can dicker about freaking trade show numbers all day long. It, it's, you know, it, it's super magic math. We all understand that. However, if you were at that ISE, it felt like 83,000 people, I just want to say, because you couldn't mm -hmm. get through from Hall 1 to Hall 12. Um, it may have not have been, it may have been 82,500, I don't know, but it was a lot. And, and that, that year, the 2019 that, that Adrian was talking about, was a really, really packed year. Um, that was the year that, that according to some people, that the, the, uh, the, fire, the fire marshal from Amsterdam came in and actually stopped them from, in, from letting people in to into the rye. You know, it was a, the, the penultimate ISC to this point. Right. And do and you know what? We won't see a trade show with those sorts of numbers in our industry again. I disagree with that. It will be a few years, but I, I disagree with that. Okay. Well, yeah, I don't think we'll ever see those numbers again. Okay, uh, Alicia. Well, from your perspective, and, and I would say that you are the the newest member to this uh, industry in this segment. Um, what do you think, from your perspective, happened uh, for the the end of this show? I mean, it goes back to what Adrian said. Numbers. Um, it wasn't really growing, but personally, I don't pay attention to numbers. I set a goal for each trade show that I go to, and whether that's meeting you guys, that's exactly how I met all of you, right at DSE, except. Except Tim, I think I met you at CDA before that. I think so, yeah. 
Yeah, but everybody else I met at DSE, I had a particular mission to go and connect with like-minded individuals. And um, ultimately, AV thinks of digital signage as just a hang and bang type of what we do. And at DSE, it was more about content, collaboration, partnership, and that's what I personally loved about the show. Uh, but there's not too many, not too many manufacturers that think like that when it comes to collaborating with um, agencies like Brian's and Tom's and what he does. So partnership was huge there. What I think happened is it has nothing to do with COVID. The show was just getting smaller. My first year attending was 2017, and then you just saw it getting slower and slower from upstairs to downstairs. And it happens um, when you get into the smaller shows, it was a close niche, but there was no re no repeat customers or no new foot traffic. And I guess that happens. This is the first show that I've seen since I've been in the industry die. So it was like, what is happening right now for me as a newcomer? I was like, this shouldn't be happening. But ultimately I always wondered why this show or why this wasn't at Infocom. Like why are, we're all at Infocom anyway. What is so, what makes this environment so special? And I think it was more of a content partnership creatives in DSE opposed to an Infocom. Unfortunately, we don't have an exhibitor on, on this panel. We probably should have. The, the one yeah. thing I will relay is what a number of manufacturers told, has told, have told me over the last five or six years. That show specifically did have a unique niche they were able to connect with with end users, quality end users, and they saw jobs come out of that uh, out of that show. Had they not, they would have stopped going, right? And you did see a number of folks uh, the last the last year. Um, technically, LG LG has a couple of different divisions. LG had stopped exhibiting at that show. LG MRI did have a did have a booth, but LG the display manufacturer did not show. Uh, Draper came and, and, and went. They started doing it. Uh, the, and then not necessarily for the projection, uh, projection screen line, but for their mounting line, right? Um, so you had a couple of folks who really, really valued the show. Uh, and it, is, it was a good connection point for, for end users, for some of those, right? Um, Mazaros, uh, um, Alicia mentioned the creative part and the creative um, connectivity. That's one of the things you found there that you don't find at Infocom or even at ISC, I would argue. So with that in mind, and, and, and you know, and we'll get to what we, where we go from here, but from your perspective, you know, where, uh, either where did, where did Expo Nation go wrong or was it just the industry and it was time for this show to die? I think it was the industry. You know, I, I think from the, I don't know, a couple of things. I mean, I think from a creative perspective, you know, I would say we're not finding the right end user. You know, I could, I could see it from a vendor side because you'd have IT and AV professionals that were there and they put more value on the technology and then they did the creative. So I think yeah. there was always a, a very difficult conversation. I, I found more, I mean, you, you would find more meaningful conversations off the floor and, and at the mixers or at the VIP events or, or, or what have you. And um, I mean, you know, yes, we, we would do the, the archway into the show and, it was a nice calling card for us. And, um, you know, that was great, but, you know, I think some of the conversations just unfortunately were less and less each year. And I think that kind of goes back to a, a bit. The second point is I think a little bit of an identity crisis, you know, digital signage was, was great in the beginning to, to call it that. And then over the years, um, you know, I think a lot of the industry didn't want to say digital signage anymore. It became more experiential and more towards experiences and, 
uh, interactivity and when you you have this this term that's associated with the show that isn't used widely especially into other segments um, I think that became an issue for it and it was always discussed in, in board meetings and off the floor and with so many people and it just it's hard to to change that when that's you know the identity of the show it's digital signage expo it's DSE it's, it's hard to to change that into something else so I think it just ultimately ran its course. Um, you know, I mean, I'm speaking from the agency side. I mean, it definitely, I found a lot of value. It, it helped me create an identity. I mean, everyone that's on here, I met through through DSC over, geez, well over a decade that I've been going to the show. So, um, you know, I'll certainly miss it. It, it definitely helped in, in, in meeting people, giving an identity to OpenEye. I mean, there's, there's a lot that I can say to it. I, you know, we weren't a vendor. So, um, you know, I can certainly understand the, the issues on that side, it is a business. And when you lose money, you know, that, that hurts. So yeah. I can definitely feel for that. And I think they have a right to be annoyed and, and, and angry. And so I, I just think it ran its course. I think just calling it digital signage, um, it's just a word in the industry we have to start to get a, to wean ourselves away from. So what is, what is the next word? What is the next phrase? Or is there, you know, because you're the first person I've heard say that there's an identity crisis. Understand, I don't yeah. spend a whole lot of time in those board in those boardrooms and in having those conversations. I typically, it is you know, if you're if you're talking about the middle of Times Square, that's digital signage, right? Yeah. That that right there is DS. But I think if you're if you're talking to, you know, retail, you're talking to uh, transportation, museums, themed entertainment. It's it's all built as as experiential. Okay. It's not. You know, d- digital signage is more like you understand it from the AV side, but I think when you're really talking to an end user that is coming from marketing or chief experience officer, digital signage means nothing to them. They're they're not going to react to it. They're not going to. It's a, it's a display. Honestly, yeah. it's it's an LED display. It is LCD and it's projection. Um, but what's the experience? What's the experience to my to my my customer, my guest? So. That's where I see it's a little bit of identity. I mean, I'm looking at, again, this, this is solely coming from more of an agency and yeah. the people that we interact with. It's not entirely driven as an AV conversation. It's creating an experience for me. Well, and it goes back to a conversation to, not to take this too far off this, that the AV industry has, the problem, problem that the AV industry has, and that's terminology. Yeah. You know, we love our gazentas and our gazautas, right? You, you, we can talk about a 16 by 16 matrix switch and what it does and the, the, the gigabit backplane and all that crap. The CTO of, 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 of you know, um, I don't know, Fortune 500 company doesn't give a crap about that, right? You're right. It, 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 all of these folks the, the, from the, the, the number one organization company in the, in the world all the way down. They don't care what it's called. They care about the experience and they care about, you know, what it means to their bottom line and what, what return they get on it. Yeah. Mm. All right, Mr. Miller, you'll have the last word on this, uh, this cheery subject. What, what happened? <laughs> what, what caused DSE to go under? Bring it home, Tom. Bring it home. Here we go. Um, well, I mean, I, I started going out to uh, DSE in 2011, believe it or not. Um, you know, a couple of years after I started my business. And I decided the time was right to, to just sort of explore what it means to go global. And honestly, at the time, DSE absolutely served my purpose. You know, the, the first year I was basically just going around handing my cards out to anyone who would take one. Uh, and, you know, just thoroughly enjoyed the show. And I spent all the days at the show. Didn't actually do much of the networking that year, which, you know, was strange for me, actually. But the following year, 
it was like coming home because everyone was welcoming me back, um, which is peculiar to the US, I've got to say. You don't get that kind of reaction at a European show. You don't get people welcoming you back. In fact, it's, it's quite the opposite. People will actively walk away from you as you go towards a stand. And I don't just mean me. I mean any potential customer. You know, it's, it's, it was a very unique show like that, that everyone kind of came together. But in the most recent years, honestly, the, the, the show was, it, it was actually just a magnet for all the other events that were around it. And I've got yeah. to say, most of those events were either off-the-cuff events or, you know, some of the mixes that were going on. But I got to see virtually all my customers in one city in the world, saved me a fortune, and, uh, you know, got to do all the networking I wanted. But, you know, go, going back on to, uh, you know, what Brian was talking about, the, uh, you know, the whole experiential thing. What everyone wants these days is awe-inspiring, shiny things. It doesn't roll off the tongue, but that's what people want. So, you know, you've got your Times Square, and that is digital signage, and that will always be digital signage. But it will evolve slower now, and they'll, you know, they tried it with the, um, you know, the 3D uh, Coca-Cola um, screen, which failed spectacularly. But they'll do something else. You know, as the technology evolves, they'll do something else, and it won't just be digital signage then. But yeah, more inspiring, shiny things. Yeah, the the screens and and the, I, I will always give Adrian um, props and, and credit for this. We have done a, a live show from the Dactronics office in Times Square. Adrian, you know, facilitated that, and that's that shot looks straight across the way uh, above Starbucks. Actually, <laughs> the the uh, the signage above Starbucks. The first year, uh, I want to say it was a Revlon. Uh, campaign that was going on it was a kiss cam right and there was a camera involved and this is all you know this is all experiential yes there was tech that's technically signage but there's a camera there's all this other interaction there's social media tie-ins as well um there's been a number of other ones disney for a number of years uh not many years but but for a, a while did an augmented reality um signage up there in, in Times square where they would you know again the camera was, was involved and um they would put you next to a disney character pick one i don't know buzz Lightyear, um and, and show you up on the, on the screen again it was you know, there was more than just the signage itself it was all this experiential stuff um adrian we'll we'll, we'll kick this off with you uh you are uh, you know you uh, headline and, and produce New York Digital Signage Week, which is a part of, of what we do with, with Dactronics there. That is a, what I call a federated show. And this is what I mean by that. It is, um, you're not renting out a hall in New York. You are inviting everyone to New York, right? And you're facilitating it and you're, you're, you're helping folks find spaces, but you're not renting out the Javits Center and having everybody and everybody's buying a booth from Adrian, Right. And you've got this and you've got that. No, you're just saying, look, we're all going to be here anyway. Let's all come together. Let's all kind of work our, our ways around. Um, and we're all going to be in, in New York. You have an event. You've got an investor conference, which is incredibly fascinating. Uh, and, and part of the industry I knew, I knew nothing about. And, and now thanks to, you know, going to it, I, I, I feel like I, I learned something. But you've got other events that happen throughout that week. Uh, DSF has... Um, their coffee and controversy every year, and that's grown dramatically, right? The very first year, it was in the basement of Guy Fieri's um, American uh, restaurant there off, off of the Times Square, 
And uh, last year was Microsoft. The year before, the couple of years before that, we had it in freaking Google for crying out loud. Yeah, it, it topped out about 120 people, I think, maybe a little yeah. bit more. So, is, so what is next? What is the next gathering? What is the next thing for the digital signage? And, and, and Brian, I apologize. That's what I'm going to use for the next, for at least for this, for this episode. The digital signage industry. Is it a federated show like yours? Is it yours? It, or is somebody going to come in and say, we're planting our flag and we're in the new DSC and, and we're going to be in Vegas and not 21, but <laughs> maybe 22 and, you know, uh, the South Hall again? Uh, if you're asking me that question, I mean, I am asking you, I said, Adrian. okay, sorry. Um, Brian's spot on. I mean, the, the, in terms of the term digital signage, it's not new. It's been discussed a few times before. It's, it's, you know, digital signage. We say, and we say to the advertising world, to the digital out of home people without digital signage, you wouldn't have digital out of home. I mean, without digital signage, you wouldn't have Times square without digital signage, all the, great creative stuff that Brian does for Madame Two Swords and all his other retail clients and things wouldn't happen without digital signage. You wouldn't be able to do massive, fantastic lobbies with led. I mean, an led would just be a, a chunk of led with a video playing on, on it if it wasn't for digital signage. So digital signage is important, but it's like, it's like the technology. We've always advised people. If you think of how DSC, DSC top town, I think Tom and I had this conversation a couple of weeks ago the best digital signage years were probably 2014, 2015, maybe 2016. They were good years. It had grown. It got to a good size. People knew each other. Um, there was a lot of good shows around it. Dave Haynes's mixer, always popular. Other people were putting things around it. I can pinpoint an actual time when Exponation, the owners of digital signage, sued several of my clients who were LED companies who were trying to put on events outside of DSE. It was the most stupid business decision they ever did. If you're an LED provider, and imagine in Las Vegas, how many LED providers there are with showrooms and warehouses and offices. You know, there's, there's digital signage software vendors that have got showrooms in Las Vegas, for heaven's sake. Um, you know, look at all the great digital signage in the shows. Um, these people were trying to use their own showroom uh, their own warehouses or their own clients to showcase what they were doing and explanation clamped down on that by suing them. And the only way that they managed to get around it was by saying, Oh, take a little bit of space. So I won't name them, but you know, one led company had to buy a, I don't know, a six by six booth just to be allowed to put their own event on. I mean, it was bonkers. It was really trying to keep everything within the convention center. So that was a big mistake. Um, in terms of New York Digital Signage Week, kind of you to mention that, you know, for the last three years, the number of people who've attended New York Digital Signage Week has been larger than the number of people who attended DSC. Last year, got a thing on my wall. Last year, we had 40 events and five and a half thousand visitors to the, to the events in that week. The year before, 2018, 32 events, 4,600 visitors. Now, we knew that New York Digital Signage Week was going to be a success probably in 2018. You know, Chris, Chris Netto kindly invited Brian and I to go out to New Jersey and we did a, you know, a live AV in the AM or in-person AV in the AM on the, on the Sunday beforehand. We had lunch with Samsung. Barker were doing events. The DSF were doing events. Uh, Dactronics were doing events with yourself. Um, the MTA sponsored the week, for heaven's sake. You know, the Metro, thanks to Paul, the DSF treasurer. Uh, the DPAA, the OAAA. They're all doing all the industry associates. SEGD, we're all putting events on and doing events. Now... The one thing that people complain about shows, if you're a vendor, 
is the cost of putting on a, on a booth. You know, Tom's spot on with terms of people go to these events for networking and meeting people more than anything else. If you're going to spend anything from 50, well, anything from 50 to several hundred thousand dollars on a, on a booth, some people just want to say, right, we'll have cocktails. And the one, the one clever thing, which I will claim credit for, for New York Digital Signage Week is some people have said, oh, it's just like a, you know, a drinky, drinky type thing. Well, it isn't. Because when we first put this together seven years ago, everybody wanted to do a cocktail event. Everybody wanted to do drinks because it's easy. But we were the ones who said, no, let's be clever. Why don't we do a breakfast event? And that guy, Fiari thing that you mentioned with the DSF thing, yeah. which Great Tom, I love because it was the best food ever, <laughs> was, was our idea. We gave the DSF the idea of saying, you don't need to do a drinks. Everybody's doing drinks. Do a breakfast thing. You know, you put on good food and some nice coffee and, and a good speak or two, and people will, will come along. And that very first year, we had that debate, if, you, if anybody can remember. Yeah. It was a brilliant debate with Ken Goldberg and Phil Lenger. And, um, oh, I was on that. And yeah. I was it was an say, experience. And Brian, yes. And we had a little clicker. And we would buzz and say, who was the best speaker? Unfortunately, Brian never won any of the debates, but that's not the point. <laughs> I never won. But look, it was an innovative event, and that's what we yeah. need. So we, thought, so we did you know, lunch with Samsung. All Samsung do is open up their experiential center. We get 150 people in the thing. Samsung lay on lunch for two or $3,000. And you, know, you can't get in. It's sold out every single year. Well, it's free, but it's, it's busy every single year. That's, that's the cleverness of the week. Um, the OAAA now own the Monday evening with their um, event with Geopath. Uh, the DPAA, they've got an event on now, of course, virtual. But they get 1,000 people in their hotel. Um, so the events are, are varied and wide. And they can cost nothing. They can cost, I think one of the, the cheapest events we had was when, um, uh, who was it now? It was a CRI, Creative Realities uh, people. Their event cost probably what, a box of donuts and three boxes of coffee. They opened up one of their retail stores and we all went in and we looked at this fantastic retail store and every single lady who went got a free bag of cleansers and toners and all sorts of bits and pieces. And there was 25 influencers there. Perfect. And we've done the same with Microsoft. So I think that will be the future. I would say if people in the digital signage space want to go to events, and, and Brian will testify to this, if I'm interested in wayfinding, I go to an SEGD event on wayfinding because that's where you get all the experts. That's where you get the architects, the town plans. If you're into retail, you go to NRF. If you're into broadcast, you go to NAB. You know, there's lots and lots of vertical shows that people would go to. Um, and people like Stratocash have been... You're doing NRF for years and years and years, way ahead of everybody else. NEC do the passenger terminal expo shows. If you're into airports, you go to a passenger terminal expo where you actually get people who own passenger terminals. It's, it's not rocket science. So I think vertical shows will, will take over, and I think more people will put their money towards vertical shows. And hopefully when New York Digital Signage Week is back next year, um, providing that in October next year things are okay, m many people, of course, are... Um, just get, forgetting about 2021 already, I think. Um, hopefully more people will come. All right. uh, Alicia, from, from your standpoint, where do you, where do you see the, the next? Is it going to be more federated events like that or, you know, or maybe even add-ons? Um, you know, I don't know who in, on this call said this, but, you know, Infocom has a pavilion, you know, and before before ISE moved to Barcelona, which technically they have already, but the the Hall 8, if you ever went to ISE and the Rye, 
that that was the digital signage hall. When if you were, you know, if you wanted to, you know, um, put on your sunglasses and walk through that hall, you could. But is it something like, you know, an add-on? Is it federated like like Adrian's Digital Signage Week, or is somebody going to come along and say, you know, we're we're rehashing this, we're we're bringing this back from the dead? Uh, I don't see anybody coming along and rehashing it. Um, and looking at the pavilions from I, ISC was my first time going to ISC last year. And that digital signage pavilion was cool, but the big Samsungs and everybody else, they're in other halls. So, and that's similar to Infocom. They're not going to give up those large booths and go to a digital signage pavilion just because digital signage is now being a focus on larger trade shows since there is no DSE. I don't see that happening. Samsung's not going to give up the booth space to go and be in the corner at an Infocom in a digital signage pavilion. I think what is going to happen is New York Digital Signage Week is going to fulfill that spot of what DSE was for me personally. Like I met all you guys at DSE, but New York Digital Signage Week is what really changed the game for me. Why? Because that's where I was able to get in there and talk to the members and the people on the board of uh, DSF, Um, you know, actually talk directly to editors like Dave Haynes, you know, himself. Mm -hmm. Um, It's more personalized and, it was event-based and it was just amazing. It's, it's something totally different that you get outside of a trade show, which is why we go to trade shows anyway. So it was really creative and that changed the game for me personally as a freelancer. That's where I was able to go and sit down and talk one-on-one with uh, Andrea Verone. And that's how the whole podcast even came together. Just, you know, shooting, shooting ideas back and forth and creating those relationships. So I don't think there's going to be another uh, digital signage trade show. I see DSF already connecting with the VIXA. So we'll see how that goes. I feel like they'll have a booth in the digital signage pavilion, but I don't see anything outside of that. New York Digital Signage Week is going to be it. Right. And, uh, and I'm looking forward to London Digital Signage Week. That's something that I've never been to, but that's something also to talk about um, on the other side of the map. I haven't either, Adrian, just for the record. Uh <laughs> what's happening we gotta get over there and and technically my london trip got canceled because the av magazine awards are are going virtual so you know yeah me me, chris and alicia in london come on you know you want that we do too right (laughs) more than happy to have that more than uh mazaros where where's what's what are we where are we gonna land regardless of what we call this let's 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 say it's the experience signage expo i don't know ese oh. uh, yeah I, you know that or it's the experience week i i, I Ooh, you know, there I we go daydream that's that, that's yours for free change <laughs> it to experience week um I, but i think back to, to adrian's point just to take a, a small step back i think with with dse you know there was a couple of years ago where it was um global shop was happening at the same time and i think that was interesting because you you didn't see a lot of cross-pollinization which i think was a big a big tell because you know you you want new end users, you want, and that's the retail crowd. And for them not to care to come down the strip, or for the digital signage crowd to care to go up there, um, I think that's a, a real big issue in this industry. And I, I think that was kind of what I was trying to say before: is that this identity crisis, those gaps shouldn't occur because that's the audience that we want to talk to, and that's how you know we do a bad job and how we present ourselves. And uh, I think going forward, I think you know I think the week, I think having and, you know, a third party in the middle that curates 
these uh, events that are, like Adrian said, it, whether it's an, an SCTD event, a TEA event, an ISA event, a VIXA event, and, and bringing it together so that you have a more diverse crowd. I think that's what needs to, to happen for us as an industry to, to continue to grow. Because otherwise, it's the same thing. We're, we're going to see uh, a week or an event occur, and it's the same people. And it's great. It's a lot of great people to meet, but no business is going to thrive if you just meet and network within the same circle. It, it, can't, it can't survive. And we need something that comes together. And I think that's the, the problem is if any one organization tries to take the lead, they're going to fall victim to the same thing because they can't. They're, they're not going to want to do that or figure out that model for it. So I think if sitting in the middle, curating really good content or experiences is the first step. And I think the second step is enough of the crap formats for shows and networking events and sit in the ballroom of, a, of an effing Hilton. I mean, that has got to change because it's boring. I, 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 you know, I'm coming out of quarantine to go to a Hilton. Come on. That's just not what I want. It's, it's reality. It's I don't want that. I don't want it. And I see some events that are being billed as the next DSE and, and they're in Columbus, Ohio, which is a cool town, but you're at the Hilton. Come on. The originality is it's got to change. And I mean, that was kind of the thought too with, with XCOSC. And you talk about London Digital Signage Week. You know, we, I worked with Adrian and I rented out a shuffleboard club a shuffleboard club, come on. And it was packed, it was packed to the hilt. And you had not just only digital signage crowd, but you had SCGD. And I even got, uh, there was another sign association over in, in London that came as well. And we had a hundred plus people playing shuffleboard, yep. drinking beer, you know, really good craft beer and pizza. And I mean, Tom was there and, and, and that's, what, that's what needs to happen. It's like, we need to be more creative and create events that get these crowds together that mix because you, you want to have, I mean, you want to have exposure and I think you want to have a real fun event. I mean, you take a cue from a South by Southwest or a Coachella. I mean, there's a reason why people are drawn to it because it's an experience in itself by going there and there's things that you can learn and pull from and further, you know, network. So there's, there's nothing wrong with, with, with an industry show, but I think the reality is, is that we have to learn from, you know, CETW went away, you know, DSE went away and there's, there's reasons why and global shop is suffering too. Um, and so it just, I, I think for us, it's a great opportunity to wipe the slate clean to something to be in the middle of, of a week. I think the week is, is an absolute great vehicle. And I think there's a lot of opportunity for it to, to grow. I mean, you know, kudos to Adrian for, for putting it together, but I think there's, there's opportunities and it's, a, it's an experience and that's what I'm looking forward to. That's what I want. That's why, that's why I want to get out of quarantine. I want to go to that. I don't want to go to the Hilton. I just don't. And I don't, and I don't, I'm sorry. I don't, I'm not really like entirely looking forward to the walking along I drive and going to the flagship Olive Garden. I'm just, I'm going to throw up. <laughs> That's so true though. Like that was one thing that was interesting about the first time I went to Digital Signage Expo, that peerless party, there was all kinds of people in there, right? And I was like, okay, there's young people here. There's older people here. There's all races and we're all dancing. And you know what? After we were done dancing the next morning, we had coffee and then we could talk business, right? Like it was just something that I've never seen at a trade show before. It was like, there is, this is the best party I've ever been to. And I've been to a lot of college parties, a lot of parties overall. And that was, legit was the best party of the year. But also a lot of money and opportunity came from dancing the night away with those, with those people. It was different. 
Yeah, that's one thing is the, the peerless party and, and just specifically Nick Belcor, who is, is the vice president of sales uh, and marketing for, for um, peerless dress in a tux is, is one thing I'm going to miss uh, about DSC. Mr. Milner, you have the last word on this one. Uh, again, where does, uh, where do we go from here? Right. Well, I think if, uh, if there's any potential, uh, you know, expo type business that is thinking about putting on a digital signage show, they're mad. It would take them four or five years minimum to achieve even the numbers that DSE used to. Yeah, they, they might get a few hundred through the door each year. What, what's the point? There's no value in that to anybody. But the other thing is, is you know, I, I, as Adrian mentioned earlier, I think uh, shows as they were, they're, they're, they're not going to be the same anymore. And that's not just from what the people who attend, it's also the vendors and you know, what they want to achieve out of it and whether or not they, they actually see any real value out of it. Because I think for certain manufacturers, you know, perhaps speakers and uh, microphones and stuff like that, you know, the, the general old school AV stuff, yeah, there, there's probably still a value in it because, you know, it's just an industry that's, that stayed fairly solid. You know, it's had its own innovations, but it stayed fairly solid and, and true to what it, it, it knows it needs to do. But with all the new technologies like uh, digital signage, you know, uh, unified communications and uh, video conferencing and all that, all that kind of stuff, most of the time, it doesn't translate well into a big show format. So are you really going to get the kind of people through the door that you need to see? I don't think so. Uh, and, you know, I personally think that ISC and Infocom actually needs to scale back from what it got to and actually just decide what it really needs to be. Because I don't think it's digital signage. I don't think it's, it's, it's video conferencing because I think there's better shows, well, not on the digital signage side anymore, but certainly on the unified comms that do it better. You know, they've got everything in one place so they don't have to trawl all the, right, all the way around a big convention center to find what they want. Yeah. But the problem that you've got, and, you know, this is, you know, I love New York Digital Signage Week. You know, it's, uh, as far as I'm concerned, it, it was a better event than Digital Signage Expo. It's just I like Vegas as well as I like New York. Um, you know, there, there's, there's lots of good reasons for having it in either place. But I can understand it because obviously there's the, there's a very big um, digital out of home contingent in New York, so that's fine. Uh, you know the DP AAA or whatever they are, they they have their big show there at the same time. But the one thing that you know we've all got to recognise is even if our industry doubled in size, the truth is is that week is probably not going to attract any more than eight to ten thousand people. But that's not a bad thing. That's yeah. actually a great thing. But the important thing, as Brian said, is to make sure that the mingling of those eight to 10,000 people absolutely occurs all throughout that week. If you can't pick up 10 to 15 new contacts, whether you do business with them or not, the following day, the following week, the following month, the following year, it doesn't matter. The fact that you've met them, they know you, you know them, and you can actually sort of start introducing them to other people that have actually looking for something specific. This isn't about putting products in holes on tables and say, oh, look at our shiny stuff. That's not what it's about. The manufacturers can probably spend their money much more wisely on actually putting that stuff in front of people on a localized basis, tuned to what they actually want to sell. And they'll probably sell a lot more. Putting it all on in one place in a big show, it's not what anyone wants. Yeah. I, I can tell you from, from experience, 
the, the last four or five years, I haven't spent any real time on anybody's um, booth in any show because I have no interest in it. Because it's all just an evolution of the previous model. What's the point? Mm. There's nothing out there that makes me go, wow, look at that. You know, some people might say that the LG OLED uh, waves look fantastic. Yeah, you look at them once and then you think, yeah, that's not going to go anywhere uh, without LG paying for it because it's just too damn expensive. <laughs> yeah. you know, so or the, what, or the trans, what, with the transparent OLED ones as well, which, which I think are slick and there are, there are options for that. So. Yeah, so I, but, but who's going to pay for it? I don't know. Zoom <laughs> for, their, for, for their corporate headquarters. All right. Uh, can I yes. just say, you know, Tom, Tom's right about the localized thing. I mean, again, one of the, the things that we've been pleased about with New York Digital Science Week is that fact that the, the manufacturers who do their roadshows across North America, you know, whether it be Stampede or NEC or LG or indeed Samsung, you know, what's nice is that they can go to the different big cities in the US <laughs> and know where their business is, but they always try and land in October in New York Digital Science Week. Yeah. So I think that um, you know, manufacturers will spend more money on their roadshows, I think, going forward as well, as, as part of the demise of DSC, which is, it, it, it's a localized thing. And also, I mean, just because of lockdown, we don't know when all this is going to end, but the smaller events are working. We, we Again, not really digital signage related, but ad tech related um, from a digital ad at home perspective. We're still managing to put events on in Singapore, London uh, next year. We'll be, and we did Sydney last week. We did, we're doing Tokyo again, in, or doing Tokyo in April. You know, events that have 100, 150 people. Um, Sometimes, Brian, yes, we put them on in a nice posh hotel, <laughs> but um, some, some people like the brands of the hotel. But you know, trying to make something an event, making it small, making it intimate, making it exclusive. Um, Brian's given us zillions of ideas for New York Digital Signage Week over the years, um, which we're eternally grateful for. The, the experiential user social club. Brilliant idea. Absolutely brilliant. You know, the mixes that Dave Haynes put on um, are good. That was also that was an idea from us, by the way, back in 2000 seven i think in the lava lounge although he claims it's own it's it was our lava lounge thing at dsc um so i think things are going to change can i just say i know you're probably going to run out of time but you know a vixa doesn't need a digital signage hall and the dsf tying up with a vixa is a big mistake you know i see why because a digital signage hall well put it this way no no no. why why is dsf connecting with a vixa a, a bad thing because we don't need a digital signage hall. So, well, let me... You're making a very straight line and an assumption there. I don't, I don't think that's okay. a good assumption. No, and here's why. No, hang on. Here, here's why. Avixa is not known, Avixa into Infocom, is not known for creating halls. They've done pavilions, they've done areas, yeah, and we can yeah. argue about who belongs where. But they've never really, I mean, said, you know, here's, let, let's take Vegas, for example. Here's the South Hall, which they, they would have been in the South Hall this year uh, for the first time. Um, it's all digital signage. They've never really done that, have they? Well, okay. This might take too long to explain. <laughs> ISE. You have three minutes. ISE did, <laughs> did the cleverest thing when they started the digital signage hall, I think back in 2008. They tapped us up. They gave us a free stand. We were the blog. We, we created a bloggers lounge. Tom, I, again, I think it might have been the first time I'd ever met Tom. Actually, we had some problem. Tom coming along with his screwdriver and helped to set things up because we didn't know what we were doing. Um, we had a bloggers lounge, which was in the middle of the hall, and people flocked to it. And that hall grew and grew and grew and grew. But for the last five or six years, 
ISE got greedy. The salesmen just wanted to sell stuff and they sold it to the Chinese to put their LED in. And you made the joke earlier in the call about wearing sunglasses through the thing. The thing was not curated. All they needed to do was pay Brian Metzros a little bit of consultancy money and say, be our creative director and tell us what should be in the hall, what shouldn't be in the hall, and what content should they be playing. Simple, simple. But they wanted to grow bigger and bigger and bigger, greedier, greedier, greedier. So that hall is no longer the digital signage zone. But they did it because think of what ISC have done cleverly over the years. I've got the utmost respect for Mike Blackman and, and his business acumen. You know, it's digital signage. It's huddle rooms. It's drones. Whatever is the next big thing, he jumps on and he builds a business on it and he gets a bigger hall and more money and more exhibition space. Hats off. Um, but that's gone now. We don't need that. I've, I've told ISC many times. If the hall in Barcelona, your digital signage hall, is just going to be full of Chinese LED people, call it the Chinese Bazaar. Make a thing out of it. Have, oh, dancing, yeah, have dancing dragons there. Have the, have the crap cheap LED. But don't try and put good companies like Scala and Signage Live and Navary and Four Winds into a hall which is just LED. That, that day's gone, okay? Yeah. It's LED now. Do an LED hall, you're going to get zillions and zillions of people paying good money. A Vixer, you're right, has never had, it's never really got to grips with digital signage, ever, 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 ever. It's had a digital signage zone, a little bit of coloured tape along the floor sometimes. But if you look at the, the, the Vixer and DSF deal, the deal has been done because Avixor want to get everybody who lost money from DSE, and there's a long list of creditors, owed $2.4 million, by the way. Avixor are offering discounts to anybody who lost money from the DSE event to buy space at Infocom next year. Where are all those digital signage exhibitors going to go? Guess what? They're going to go in a hall or a zone. But he doesn't need to do it. It's, it's what we know, 2020. It's 10 years behind the times. They don't need to do that. Um, Alicia mentioned it earlier. If you want to learn about digital signage when you go to ISE or Infocom, you go and see Samsung. Because when you see Samsung, you see everything. You see the software, you see the content, you see the screens. They could be LEDs, they could be video walls. You see them, you don't quite see the mobile phones, but you see all the interaction. So the LGs and the Samsungs have all stayed out of the digital signage zone and probably have done better by doing that. I mean, in some ways, you could argue that, you know, Peerless and Chief and whatever else they probably don't need to be in the digital signage zone either. They should be somewhere else on the floor where there's more foot flow. Um, yeah, more and I, I think that we're making some assumptions here. I mean, that there's, there are, so let's, let's take really quickly um, for those people that, that did not, that did not cross over. Right. And both, both DSE and, and Avixa could tell us the percentage that does cross over, but you mentioned some that do, you know, NEC, Peerless, and, and we'll just say Legrand in general. Mm -hmm. Yep they belong where they belong, right? Uh, Legrand is, is, has got the, in the trade show world, the most points of anybody at Infocom is my understanding because of the long history there. So they are going to be at the very front every single year, you know, but if you want to create a zone or an area, you put people who number one have never exhibited Infocom or don't typically, and they don't have a natural landing spot right so if, if that if that's where they put scala and scala wants to go someplace else then they obviously you know there, there is that option uh, i think it'll be interesting to see what they do both from a, a an infocom trade shows perspective but also from the dsf and the industry and the education and the content perspective right that's um, that's what i'm most excited about i didn't yeah. look at it as you know zones or what, what that side is going to look like i think it was smart on the education side seeing that avixa is our industry standard for 
um, our education, our you know certifications, introducing DSF into that is, I feel was a smart move as far as education goes. And, and it gives them a home and, and a little bit of, of backing uh, since the DSE is no more, right? So, right. You can't, you can't get that digital signage education within Avixa. They offer something. Not currently. Yeah, they yeah. offer something different. So I think that side of it was smart. Yeah. All right. Uh, that'll be it for us. Thank you all so much. Alicia, where do people find you uh, or online um, and being encouraged to rise and grind every morning? <laughs> rise and grind every morning. Yeah, that's been rough lately, but we got to keep pushing. So uh, find me on all the things at the Smooth Factor. Right, very good. Mr. Cotterell, thank you, sir. Thank you. Um, easiest way is just is to Google Daily Do, D-A-I-L-Y, D-O-O-H. Uh, we have a blog and we're pretty well followed on Twitter. So come and follow us on Twitter on, at Daily Do. All right, very good. Brian Mazaros, thank you, sir. Oh, pleasure. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram at OpenEyeGlobal, and then also uh, my podcast, Experience by Design, um, as well. Yeah, very good. Good podcast. I've been on it once. That so was fun. Uh, so, um, Mr. Milner, thank you, sir. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, everyone else. It's been a, a great conversation. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at ServSup, S-E-R-V-S-U-P-P, or uh, you just Google Serves and Support Limited or Alternative if you want your screens cleaning then please do find pristine screen. All right, very good. For us, for Aviation, go by our website, avnation.tv. That's avnation.tv. You'll find programs like this and a host of others, uh, including our two weeklies. One is called AV Week that I host, looks at the commercial side of the AV industry. And my buddy, Matt Scott, takes a look at the residential side of the AV industry. AV industry. All that and more at avnation.tv. That's avnation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. This is all the time we have for Digital Signage Digest. 